Hi, everyone, and thank you for listening to Seven Mile Chats. Another just quick reminder to bear with me as I am new to this, and I apologize for any audio issues or editing issues that you might hear. I promise that I'm getting better. Thanks so much for listening. Hey, everyone, and welcome to Seven Mile Chats, a podcast where each week I, Julia Struckley, talk with someone about a scripture verse of their choosing. And we look at that scripture verse from different angles, historical context, spiritual application, and any kind of relevance to current events in hopes that we can come away with some kind of inspiration or insight. Just a little about me. I'm a scripture teacher in a Catholic school. I've been a youth minister and I have a master's in theology. If you want to learn a little bit more, I've recorded a separate introduction to this podcast, so you can go back and listen to that. But right now, I want to introduce my friend that I'm talking to today, all the way from Ireland, Julie Cosden. Welcome, Julie. Hey, Jules. <laughs> it's good to talk to you. We've kind of reconnected in this quarantine, and I love it. Yeah, no, it's great. It's great to reconnect and excited to be doing this. This is my first uh, podcast, so thanks for inviting oh, me. Welcome. I'm relatively new to it, too. It's you know something that I've just wanted to do. And then quarantine, I'm like, why not? I've got nothing else to do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, I hope that it's a good first experience for you here on the podcast. No pressure. Um, I would, no pressure. Ab- absolutely not. I can edit whatever we want. Um, so I'd love it if you could share with our listeners, however many there might be, <laughs> um, a little bit about yourself, what you do. Sure. Maybe how you got to Ireland, maybe why you're in Ireland, if you want to share. Sure. Um, yeah, well, I'm originally from Philadelphia and I grew up in a really wonderful home, loving family and parents and older brother. And, um, you know, you and I met in college uh, and, uh, yeah, you know, <laughs> a love of a specific boy. I was going to say that, you know. that show meaningless. <laughs> yeah, yes, we uh, yeah. certainly bonded over something probably superficial at first, but um, I mean, obviously, our, our friendship was, you know, much deeper and grew to be much deeper. And um, you know, for me, Absolutely. I grew up in, like I said, such a loving family. My parents are both in the faith and and have faith, uh, but like so many people, you know, I really had fallen away from any sort of practice of the faith uh, when I went away to college. And, um, you know, despite choosing to go to the Catholic University of America, I really was not at all in my Catholic faith at the time. So it was really like very much, I think, God's providence that, you know, assigned me randomly to a uh, a certain friend of ours from Indiana, a little <laughs> shout out to Sally. And I remember, hey, Sal. <laughs> I remember, you know, we were very, very different and kind of moved in different circles and enjoyed doing different things on the weekends and, and all of that. But, um, you know, she was such a loyal, steadfast friend and really at the end of my freshman year kind of introduced me to friends who would become really the friends, you know, of my college experience, mm-hmm. um, almost all of whom had great faith. So, you know, it was kind of an interesting uh, journey for me <laughs> <laughs> from kind of a partier on the soccer team to, um, 
you know, to kind of end up with the friends I ended up with in college and ended up having a, you know, a really deep encounter with the Lord and conversion, you know, towards the end of that time at Catholic U. Um, and so when I left college, I had majored in finance. Um, you know, my life kind of took a dramatic turn in the sense that I was really starting to ask, you know, fundamental questions about what I wanted to do with my life and who I was and all of that. And, you know, really felt called to work in ministry of, of some sort, you know, to work uh, particularly with maybe younger people who were maybe of a similar age to myself and were kind of asking those questions um, that I was asking. So after college, I pursued a master's degree in theology. And, um, and then my work took me to a Catholic university in Florida, where I spent really the next decade kind of working with young people, um, kind of accompanying them on their, in, on their journey. Um, and then it was kind of during that time that I really began to feel like the Lord was, was, was inviting me to, in a new direction. And, you know, that's a, probably a podcast in and of itself, how I ended up in Ireland, but <laughs> suffice it to say, I, I was feeling very drawn to Ireland and, um, yeah, four years ago, uh, a job, path opened for me here and I took it and haven't really looked back. So yeah, I've been now four years in Ireland and I've worked um, in two different ministries here um, in Ireland. So yeah, that's awesome. Uh, Yeah, no, I love it. I love that you shared. Maria and I had talked um, in our first episode about our college experience a little bit, just how that it was different, but that because we had such a um, different and unique experience. It really formed us and that we, it built solid foundations for the friendships that we have today. And I think that you articulated that as well. Um, and I, I can't believe you've been in Ireland already for four years, but I love that we were able to reconnect, especially at this time. Um, we, when I had kind of proposed to you, um, maybe doing this first podcast with me, um, you had said you wanted to share a little bit about your relationship to scripture. You mentioned that, you know, your relationship with your faith has kind of evolved as we've gotten older. Um, I don't know if you would like to share your, a little bit about your relationship with scripture and, um, and the scripture as well. Yeah. Well, I think being Catholic, (laughs) unfortunately, scripture was not necessarily something that um, initially was a huge part of my, my life, even though like we know, obviously, you know, like the, the mass, for instance, is filled with scripture, um, you know, and all of these things, you know, I, it just wasn't something that was a part of my life, my prayer life, um, in any real way. And, um, you know, despite having a master's degree in theology, I think I took three classes in scripture, but it was more mm. something like to study, which I know I'm speaking to a scripture mm-hmm. teacher, so I know how important that is. <laughs> but I think you'd be probably agree with this, that like all of that is is only good insofar as the scripture like comes alive, you know, for the students mm-hmm. that you're teaching in, in some way or, or speaks to them in some capacity. And so, you know, I really went, you know, years, I mean, probably 10, 15 years of, let's say, practicing my faith in a, in a pretty serious way, committed way, let's say, without really having scripture be a, a part of that or a central part of that. And, um, I remember I was on a retreat in 2016 and 
Um, it was a silent retreat and the priest had selected Psalm 139 as kind of the opening meditation and the way he led us through it, um, for whatever reason, probably for the first time, like I felt that the Lord was actually speaking to me, you know, through that mm-hmm. Psalm. Mm-hmm. And like, it felt like it had been written for me, you know, to read in mm-hmm. that moment on that retreat in my life. And, you know, I think it was really it shifted my kind of awareness, I'd say, or openness to realize that like the Lord is going to, is trying to speak to me and speak to all of us indeed, like through his word, like it makes sense. We call it his word. Mm-hmm. But, um, but, you know, it's not necessarily something that we would really maybe have any relationship to. Um, and so that was kind of, I'd say the first sort of experience I had of really feeling like, you know, the Lord is, is trying to, to tell me how much he loves Mm -hmm. me through this Psalm. And then, yeah. And then not long after that, I moved to Ireland and I, when I got over here, I started, uh, or joined, I should say an alpha program. And I don't know if you're familiar with alpha, um, it's an ecumenical mm-hmm. kind of program. Uh, and, uh, again, during that, this idea that scripture was alive kept coming up. So I'd really say it's been in the last three to four years, really, since I've been in Ireland, that, you know, this idea that, you know, scripture speaks, it speaks now, um, it's alive, you know, it's, it's meant to be prayed with, you know, not just kind of read. Um, right. And, you know, I think for me in discernment of things, you know, there's always, you know, there's always sometimes that question in prayer, like, is this coming from me or is this coming from the Lord, mm-hmm. you know? And I think one of the things I love I would say the most about scripture is that like, we never have to discern that with scripture. Like (laughs) it's always coming from the Lord. We might have to discern what it means for our lives, but Mm -hmm. since I kind of invested, let's say in scripture in a real way, um, I've just found that like the, it's like, it's like open the floodgates in a sense in my prayer life, because it's like the Lord mm-hmm. can speak and does speak still through mm-hmm. his word. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you for some, for sharing all of that. I, I have always kind of prayed with scripture a little bit. That's for all the reasons that you've just articulated that I feel like it's a very real way that God is speaking to us. And like you said, we can discern what it's supposed to mean. Um, but I love that you, you shared that because I think scripture is, I mean, obviously I'm biased. I'm a scripture teacher, <laughs> so I'm always advocating for, for scripture. It's why I'm doing this. Um, but yeah, I think it's, it's essential for prayer, um, at least for me as well. So it's awesome to hear you say that. Um, and also you had shared that you loved, um, or that you had a connection with Psalm 139 and we had kind of like discussed maybe doing that, but you chose, and, and I also helped you kind of choose <laughs> Isaiah 43, um, 18 and 19. So I would love for you to read that for us. And then we'll talk a little bit about it historically and then why you chose it. Does that sound yeah, cool? That sounds great. Okay. So do you have it up in front I of do, you? I do. Yeah. And my translation is, uh, the new American Bible. So 
And perfect. Me too. So remember not the events of the past, the things of long ago, consider not see, I am doing something new. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it in the wilderness? I make a way in the wasteland rivers. Okay. Awesome. So I can't wait to hear you, you know, say why you pick that, but I'm going to give a little bit of um, context. Um, in my episode with Maria a couple weeks ago, we did a passage from Micah and Isaiah and Micah are kind of contemporaries. They're both um, prophets in the region, the Southern region of Israel, which is Judah during the eighth century before the Babylonian exile. And I shared in that first episode a little bit about what the Babylonian exile was. Um, and this is before all of that, but Ju Judah is separated from the Northern tribes of Israel. Israel is separated right now. So a lot of the prophets are giving these messages um, to encourage the people of the time, telling them how to reform because they're constantly influenced by cultures around them that are trying to give them worship false gods. They've, um, the prophets are reminding them of the um, entrance into Israel from the Exodus and, and constantly reminding them um, that when the God took care of them that then, so he's got them now as well. And so I think that's a little bit of what Isaiah is doing here. Um, I, yeah, I hear like the word, the wilderness in this passage, and that automatically makes me think of Exodus. Mm -hmm. um, and Isaiah also, just like Micah, foreshadows Jesus a lot. And this passage comes a little bit before all of that. There's a big passage in Isaiah um, known as like the suffering servant text in like chapter 50, I think, um, where he describes pretty much what happens to Jesus. But this is a little before that. And the heading of this um, passage, I think it had something to do like redemption and restoration was like the title for chapter 43, mm. which I think is beautiful. Um, so probably talking about restoring Israel um, at the time that they're in where they're divided and maybe even reminding them of the redemption and restoration from Egypt and Exodus. Um, but I think that this also can apply to us now. Like we're looking, I think now for redemption and restoration. So like when I teach scripture, I always ask my students to think of the context of what the people were going through then, but then also how can we apply it to our lives today? So I think that's what we're going to try to do here, you know? <laughs> um, so why, why did you pick this, this passage from Isaiah? You know, it's funny. Um, before I ever discovered this passage, I always loved the beginning of Isaiah 43. You know, I, I called you and you are mine. Like I just, yeah. always really spoken to me. And, you know, I never really bothered to read past what maybe verse like five or six. Um, and, uh, and I had a good friend who, uh, you know, at the time of my life, maybe about a year or so ago, I kept kind of feeling in my prayer, the Lord was kind of saying like, I'm going to make a way, I'm going to make a way in the wilderness. Like it, it sort of felt mm. like that theme was kind of coming coming up. And this is, again, one of the reasons I love scripture is that like people can kind of speak it into our lives, you know, and it's, it seems very much like a confirmation of maybe what, you know, you might be feeling or praying. So, you know, a friend of mine had actually shared this with me. Um, she had said it was really speaking quite a bit to her. And she said, you know, I really feel like, you know, this could be a really great verse for you. And so, um, you know, I've only really known the verse for probably a year, you know, I wouldn't have, have necessarily known it prior to that. So, um, you know, I love it for so many reasons and I guess we can kind of jump right into them. Um, 
you know, I love, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go for it. Then. <laughs> I, I love the word new. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. Like even in the, the new Testament, you know, I love the, the, the story of the new wine and the new wine skin. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I love Jesus when he says like, behold, I make all things new. Um, mm-hmm. or like, I just feel like this theme of newness. And like you said, not just, you know, for eight century BC, uh, right. Israelites, but for like us today and like for us personally and us collectively, um, yeah. you know, and I think like, I think I loved how you pointed out that the title of that section is restoration, because I think sometimes we think of newness as maybe being something like brand new, you know? Right. But like, I think the newness here, like, is really a restoration. It's, it's, it's restoring something to newness. And that's different than I think something kind of brand new, you know? Yeah, Um, I would agree. Mm -hmm. um, And I think like, I just love the idea that like God is always on the move, you know, like he's always doing new things. Um, he, he's never like still, you know, and, um, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just think, I think this, I mean, I think this whole chapter of Isaiah, but particularly this section, again, as you, as you referenced, you know, it's referencing the the period of the Exodus for the Israelites and Mm -hmm. like just the Lord's fidelity, like just how faithful, he is like, despite the fact that we like continually are unfaithful, you know, so mm-hmm. I, I think this chap, this, this, I should say this chapter, this, you know, these two verses amidst many verses are just, um, ones of great, like hope and promise, um, from the Lord. Absolutely. I, yeah, it, actually the title is promises, I think of redemption and restoration mm-hmm. and, like I, when I was talking with Maria too, I keep referencing her just because it was recent. And in these, I think passages relate somewhat since they were contemporaries. Um, but that we, we have a God who the story is consistent, you know, the people fall mm-hmm. away, like you said, <laughs> but God is still there and he may reprimand and he may ask them to do something challenging or hard, but he is always going to be there, like you said, and has shown that and proven that over and over again, despite our unfaithfulness. Mm-hmm. Um, I also love the first verse of this chapter that you referenced the, um, I have called you by name and you are mine. Do not fear. I have redeemed you. Mm-hmm. Um, the passage that Maria and I picked again was a song that we sang a lot at college, the mm-hmm. we are called song. And I feel like this is another one we sang a lot in college was the, I've, I love you and you are mine like, yeah. um, is a, a Catholic kind of hymn that we sing a lot, mm-hmm. but you're, but you're right. I don't think I've read much past that either. I was not really that familiar with this verse. So when you chose it and I read it, I was like, oh yes, I feel like, you know, we've talked a lot about what it meant historically, but I think that just people need to hear this now too. So maybe we can talk a little bit about what this means either in our lives personally, or maybe in our, like you mentioned community Mm -hmm. to be restored as a community. I think a lot of us right now, you know, we have this downtime of quarantine so we're thinking a lot. I've been overanalyzing a ton of stuff. Um, but here in America and, and, you know, I don't know, you can maybe speak to Ireland. Um, we've seen, we're seeing some things that people are demanding that we do 
restore or take down or make new, Mm -hmm. you know, like they're, they're wanting change. And you mentioned too, that God is active. And so I feel like God is moving in this time, even though we're stuck in quarantine, he is moving through these movements and through these messages and maybe systems we want to, you know, break and make new. So um, I don't know. What do you think, like, how can this relate to us today? Do you want to speak to what you're seeing in Ireland or what you think, how this relates? Well, I think, I, I, I guess I want to speak first to it on a personal level and then maybe mm-hmm. talk about the communal level, because I think, you know, this period of, let's say, isolation or quarantine for many of us, like, has probably felt a bit like a, a wilderness, you know, and that mm-hmm. word wilderness is obviously used um, in, in that verse as well. Um, you know, I think there's such a negative connotation around wilderness, you know, as there would be around isolation and quarantine and, you know, all of that. Um, but I think like, and we see this in, in the Israelites, like good things can happen in the wilderness. Um, like the Lord uses that time and I'm thinking particularly like of the wandering in the desert for 40 years as a time to like prepare the Israelites for the inheriting of the promised land. And so for me, wilderness, anytime there's periods of wilderness in our lives, whether it be because of quarantine or illness or, you know, any, any reason we might feel like we're living through a a personal wilderness, you know, I just see it as such a time of preparation, of formation. Mm. So I think for me, and it's funny because so many people I've talked to about this time um, have actually like, it's, it's, it's forced them to kind of look at priorities, look at things in their lives. Um, like you said, maybe question um, systems and uh the way things are both in the church, in our world, in our communities, in our homes. Um, and so I, I just, I think it really ties in now because I think in a, in a sense, like we're living in a wilderness. Um, yeah. But I think the hope is that similar to what the Lord is doing in Isaiah, like he's doing for us. Like, I think we're very much like on the brink of like pushing into like a new time of restoration. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I think a- across, you know, across communities, across, um, you know, political and economic systems, in the church, in our families. So I think for me, like to relate it to today, I would just say um, that like not to be afraid of the wilderness and the wandering, that like, the Lord's going to like make a way in it and do something new Mm -hmm. and bring something new out of it. And I think just to be filled with hope, um, because it can be hard. It can, it it could be very easy to despair in the times that we're living in. Absolutely. I, I love how hopeful this is. Um, yeah, I mean, again, when I read it, I was just like, yes, I think we do need to hear this right now for all the reasons you just said that we are in this wilderness, but in that line in verse 19, he also says, but I will make a way in the wasteland, which maybe we feel like we're in a wasteland, there will be rivers, like there will be abundance. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this, this verse, ha- these two verses have so much um, 
rich context from back then, I think for right now. And then also ultimately all of this stuff points towards Christ and the New Testament and then ultimately our salvation and redemption in heaven, Mm -hmm. you know? So even if we feel right now on earth, we're in this wasteland and wilderness there, we're promised abundance. Um, So that's good news and that's hopeful. And I love even verse 18 too, like remember not the events of the past. I mentioned that a lot of the times the prophets are trying to recall when Christ or God brought them out of the desert in the past, but we tend to hold on, I think sometimes to the past. And so I kind of like this verse 18, um, God and Isaiah saying like, you know, don't hold on to me. It means like not to hold on to the things of the past, the things of long ago, consider not like, don't worry so much about the past, but like I'm doing something new, Mm -hmm. you know? So there's hope in that too, of like letting go of the old and like you said, embracing the new. Um, so I think that's something hopeful for us too. Yeah. And I think like everything is written kind of in the present tense in this, right? It's like, see, I'm doing something new now. Mm -hmm. Now it springs forth. Do you Mm -hmm. not perceive it? I love that line as well. Do you not perceive it? Because the Lord is like inviting us along in the journey. You know, it's, it's not just as if we're just along for the ride. You know, Mm. I think he's, he's inviting us to like, look and see like what he's doing. Um, but I, I was saying just about the present, like, I don't know. I just feel like in my own life, I can either kind of get caught up in the past, mm-hmm. you know, or become anxious or worried about the future. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of, again, what kind of these current, let's say crises that are happening, um, all around the world. Um, are kind of showing that like, we really only can live in the present. Like we only have the present. You know, if you had told me six months ago that I wouldn't be able to travel from Ireland, you know, to Philadelphia, you know, a a journey I've made, you know, several times now over (laughs) the past four years, very easily. Um, but right now, you know, it's just really not possible for me to do that. Like you told me six months ago, that would be the case. Like I wouldn't have believed you, you know, but yet here we are and we're in the kind of the, the circumstance that we're in. And, you know, it is just a good reminder. I think that like, I think to live in the presence and that, you know, I think holiness is like found in the present, you know? So I, I think, um, I was listening to, a podcast or a watching a video, I should say that the, the CFRs put out on Ascension press called, um, how to deal with ruined plans. And it was Mm. really good. (laughs) The two CFRs, the two priests that do it are very kind of engaging and funny as, as they all are. I think, uh, the CFRs are such a great order, but they highlighted this quote from one of their founders, um, that said, he said, say yes to the surprises which interrupt your plans and crush your dreams, giving your day and perhaps your life a completely new direction. Um, and it's it's kind yeah. of a funny thing because you think who wants their, you know, dreams crushed. Dreams <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. Um, you know, I mean, I, none of us. <laughs> no, I'm like such a I'm such a planner, though. Yeah. Like it really does like it. I, you know, it throws me when things like that, but yeah, dreams crush. That's strong. <laughs> yeah. But I think like, I don't know, my lived kind of experience is that sometimes when things don't make sense in the present, 
Like something happens and I'm like, I don't know what, what's going on here. Like oftentimes with time, you know, it becomes very clear that like the better thing happened, that something good came out of something that at the time seemed really hopeless. And I think, you know, again, connecting it to Isaiah, to this chapter, and then obviously to our lives, like many of us are kind of living through this time where things seem ruined and crushed. Um, But I, I do, I do feel a lot of hope in this moment for, for restoration. Yeah. I agree. I think that's so well said. I think that even just in this conversation that we've had, you know, we shared a little bit about our college experience. And I think we can both point to that time as a time that maybe plans were changed. You know, you said that you went through kind of a conversion. Um, I know I've had plans in my life. I've, I thought my life was taking one particular course and it changed for the better, but we don't perceive it maybe at that moment. So I love that you mentioned that there's this invitation right now in the scripture to say like now things are springing forth like to perceive it and that he's asking us to take action um and that he's moving right now we may feel stagnant but but things are happening so i think that is there's a lot for us to to, you know people are like oh you're only doing one verse or two verse i'm like man you can talk for a half an hour on two verses no problem which (laughs) i think um we have and hopefully that this you know the reason i'm doing this is hopefully to give people a better understanding of scripture and in hope in these times and so i think that you picked a perfect passage to give us a little bit to learn and also a little bit to think about and hope for so i don't know if there's anything else you wanted to say about um this passage or scripture or this time no i think just um yeah, just to really encourage people, like if you, if you don't know scripture or you don't have a practice of, of, you know, sitting with it, just, I mean, to start small, just start somewhere. And, um, you know, for me, I I try and spend about 20 to 30 minutes in the morning with a cup of tea, just on my couch, kind of working through, you know, I might work through a book in the new Testament and work through a book, the old Testament. And it's, it's really changed my life. Like I, I don't say that dramatically. Um, so I think I would just encourage, you know, anyone listening who maybe hasn't yet been bitten by by scripture in a good way to to maybe give it a chance. I think it's really great advice. Um, you know, I shared too that scripture is a big part of my prayer life. I use whatever the daily readings are, the usccb.org website has a calendar with like the church readings for each day. And so I just click on that you know, I read the three or four readings that are picked for the day and then do kind of what we're doing now and just like think about what did it mean then? What does it mean for me today? Um, and I agree that I think that it's a really good way to start the day and and you learn and you, you know, then you kind of see where God takes you with it. You know, he speaks to you through it. So thank you so much for, I always feel like I start these podcasts and then by the end, I'm like, oh, I want to talk more, but we have to wrap up. <laughs> but I think, um, I think we did a really good job and and you shared some awesome things and I'm glad that you picked this verse. Um, So thank you. Yeah. I'll thank my friend. (laughs) Yeah, no, definitely. Um, So now I want to go back and read this chapter and and read some more of Isaiah. There've been a lot of prophet stuff happening in these times too, which I think is no coincidence, no coincidence. You know, I feel like we're all feeling this disruption and, uh, and they lived through that. So I think they have good advice for us right now. Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, so I just want to kind of wrap up and and tell everybody that if you want to talk scripture with me, you can find me on Instagram. I have an Instagram account, Seven Mile Chats, 
or I'm also on Twitter. My uh, teacher account is Miss Struckley one and you can tweet me or message me if you want to comment on this podcast or if you want to talk about a verse with me. But um, Julie, just thank you so much. It's so cool to connect with you and, and to see how you've grown in faith. So thank you for doing this. Mm-hmm.